Hello everyone, welcome to this new episode. This episode is going to be kind of different to anything I've made before and I honestly really hope you enjoy it. It's just something I've been interested in a while and I just wanted to share that with you. So yeah, let's just get into it. Today we are going to talk about outsider art. Now a little background here, so I found out about outsider art as a term and as a kind of movement when I was in the library in, well I would have been about 16, 17 years old at college when I was doing my art A level and since then it's really interested me as a subject and I just thought maybe some people don't know about outsider art and it's kind of the art history that I'm personally into. If you didn't know, I studied art history at uni and I really didn't enjoy it but after finding stuff out from my own research, there are certain art history subjects and movements that really do excite me. And outsider art is one of them. Now, if you're not that into art history, I completely understand if you don't want to listen to this, but I promise you I will try and make this as interesting as I can and hopefully you'll learn a little something too. So let's start at the start. What is outsider art? The term outsider art was coined by art critic Roger Cardinal in 1972. Outsider art is defined as art produced by untrained artists, which could include people with mental illness, people without formal art training, people with disabilities, people that are incarcerated, or children. Outsider artists are artists who are typically unconnected to the conventional art world, not by choice but by circumstance, and are often socially or culturally marginal figures. Now, I want to take you back a little bit in time, before the term outsider art was even a thing. In Europe, during the first half of the 20th century, some psychiatrists developed an interest in their patients' drawings and went on to publish them in books. These drawings gained the attention of mainstream artists like Jean de Buffet. I really doubt that that is a proper pronunciation. I apologise, but I did my best. De Buffet, born in 1901 created the term art brut, or raw art, or low art, to define the artwork created by psychiatric patients, prisoners, and children. De Buffet felt that these artists created work that was more raw and spontaneous than mainstream artists of the time. Now, you might be getting a little tingly feeling that outsider art is kind of already problematic, so I really think we need to cover that aspect of it too. Here I'm going to be referencing the article... Outsider Art is a Lie by Adam Turl. Outsider art others these artists based on their background, class or mental health, centering the institutional art world as the norm and the outsiders as the outliers. When the artist's mental health, race, class or background is at the forefront, their work is perceived in certain limited ways, so the artists aren't appreciated just as artists, but forever entangled with this label of other. This othering exoticizes these artists, setting them apart from the normal art world and exploiting them as novelties, separated by their differences. For example, many outsider artists are African-American artists from the American South. Work by poor, working-class, black Southern and rural artists was perceived as closer to nature, mysterious, or a continuation of pure, primitive African art. Even if the art didn't reference any of these themes, it was presented in such a way, reducing the artists to certain stereotypes and assumptions. These artists are often defined by the so-called novelty of their background, rather than the merit of their work, 
which romanticises what they create, and it adds a narrative that doesn't actually concern the artist's real story, intent, or creativity. Outsider art has become a trend in recent years, with pieces by notable artists being auctioned off for big money, and even an outsider art fair being held in New York and Paris. Although the awareness about artists outside of the art world is important, this work should be respected for more than just a current trend in the art world. And it feels a little bit like these artists aren't actually being appreciated as they deserve to be. So with that in mind, I want to move forward in this podcast appropriately. And I've actually attempted to rewrite some of the Wikipedia articles on these so-called outsider artists to provide as much respect and dignity to them as possible without just reducing them to their differences. Because obviously that is highly problematic and an important part of the history of outsider art as a term. This subject has, like I said, been something that I've been interested in for a long time and then discovering why it is so toxic and it's so much more deeper than I realised. And I think it's just really important to share the histories of these artists for who they were, not a romanticised or exoticised version of themselves, but for their art as artists. The first artist I want to talk about on this podcast episode is Angus McPhee. Angus McPhee was a Scottish artist who lived on the island of South Oost, part of the Outer Hebrides. He was born into a crofting family in 1916, which is basically a traditional social system in Scotland, kind of defined by small-scale food production, so small-scale farming, small communities, that kind of thing. As a young boy, Angus learned how to make ropes and horse harnesses from the abundant grasses on the island. A few years later, Angus served in the British Army and ended up in the Faroe Islands during World War II, where he became incredibly mentally ill. He returned home to his family, but became mute, sullen and self-absorbed. He was soon moved to an asylum and diagnosed with schizophrenia in 1946. Angus spent much of the rest of his life in a mental health facility near Inverness and was largely silent for 50 years. Angus was described as a quiet big man and he ended up being admitted to the farm ward of the mental health facility. There, he tended to the animals and worked on the lands. During his free time, Angus wandered the hospital grounds in search of materials and created objects woven mostly from grass, sheep wool and beech leaves. He made garments, hats, caps, pouches, harnesses and more, which he liked to hide under the bushes on the land. Now, just looking at Angus's wonderful, textural, grassy, beautiful, gorgeous pieces here, they seem to be reflective of the environment that Angus grew up around. His work makes me feel calm and comforted and I just want to feel that grassy texture They're so beautiful and so natural and so earthy. When I think of Scotland being a bit Scottish myself, thanks to my mum, I think about the amazing landscapes, which I personally believe to be like the most beautiful and varied in the world. And in my eyes, Angus has kind of transported these kind of landscapes from memory into these items of clothing and accessories. It's a shame because... With Angus and with many of these so-called outsider artists, there aren't many images of their work, but what there is, is 
so beautiful and I urge you to check out Angus's amazing grass um, and natural material artwork. I love it and I really felt connected to it. Um, Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now let's move on to America, South Carolina to be exact. I want to tell you about Sam Doyle who was an African-American artist born in 1906 in the Frogmore settlement of St. Helena Island, South Carolina. So while researching for this podcast, I found out about the Souls Grown Deep Foundation and Community Partnership. That is Souls Grown Deep. They're an organisation dedicated to promoting the work of black artists from the American South. And Souls Grown Deep also support their communities by fostering economic empowerment, racial and social justice and educational advancement. They're a fantastic resource for black artists from the American South and I found so much amazing information on this website, so many amazing artists and so much history about each artist as well. History that you can't actually find on encyclopedia type things like Wikipedia. This Souls Grown Deep website has so much history of African American artists from the South and it's definitely a website that I could browse for hours and hours. So, here's what they have to say about Sam Doyle. Frogmore, the settlement on St Helena, had a very limited flow of public information even by the mid-20th century. But Frogmore had Sam Doyle, a ninth grade dropout of the Penn School, who did odd jobs in the community, in the general store of Beaufort and in the laundry at the Marine Corps base on neighbouring Paris Island. Doyle had shown some artistic talent as a young schoolboy and had even been encouraged to study art by a teacher at the Penn School. He began to paint, he recalls, around 1944, and from that point on, he worked towards refining his artistic talent and broadening the scope of his content. After his retirement in the 1970s, Doyle became a prolific and dedicated artist who understood his role as scribe, chronicler, an entertainer for the inhabitants of the island. Doyle covered the outside of his house and studio with paintings covering a range of subjects. His initial audience was a local populace, Doyle's contemporaries and their children and grandchildren. They often had no access to information on their community and culture, and even their nation and its history, other than word of mouth, and Doyle's portraits and narrative paintings. Doyle's primary focus was on the island itself, He documented the residents of the island, the legendary folk characters, and their myths and superstitions, and in that role, he transformed people into myths and became a mythmaker himself. He balanced his presentation, showing us at once the strengths and weaknesses of his friends and acquaintances, their most gallant actions, mystical powers, eccentricities, and sexual foibles. His paintings, which at first seem uncomplicated and naive, turn out to be a complex layering of encoded meanings and social commentary. He looked inside houses and inside heads for both insight and gossip. He observed and was proud of the social changes for African Americans on St Helena, in the South and across America as a whole. When a black person on the island became the first of his or her race to practice a profession on the island, Doyle created a portrait to commemorate the progress of his people. Among them the first black doctor, Barber, midwife, laundryman, embalmer, postman and policeman. 
Doyle also needed to keep the islanders informed about the progress being made by black people in the American mainstream. He painted Joe Lewis, Ray Charles, Jackie Robinson, Martin Luther King Jr., and various basketball players, entertainers, and other notable figures. I absolutely adore Sam Doyle's work, and I knew I had to include him and his story in this episode. My absolute favourite thing about this as well is that he had this gallery space that he created outside of his house for anyone in the community to visit and witness um, his wonderful artwork and the stories and gossip and the celebration and the happenings that were depicted in his paintings of real life on this island. There are photographs of Sam with his paintings in this gallery space and they are just beautiful. And I think the sheer range of people and scenes and themes that Sam Doyle painted in such a beautiful way as well just show how life was at that time um, in the Frogmore community. So I really love that Sam was celebrating his own culture, his African-American culture of the American South and this specific kind of way of life and the people of Frogmore. I just think he's absolutely amazing with such a brilliant story too. And also amazing work above everything. So our final artist is Emma Hauck. This is a very different story and artist to our first two examples, but I wanted to honour and respect Emma's story by including it here and also, I guess, as a way to show a real dark side to outsider art and the exploitation of people as kind of spectacles or novelties. So this is for Emma. Emma Hauck was a German artist born in 1878. In 1909, she was admitted to a psychiatric hospital aged 30 and diagnosed with psychosis. Emma's husband and two daughters became subjects of her psychosis and while institutionalised, Hauck wrote a series of letters to her husband which were later considered to be artworks, even though Emma most likely did not consider them works of art herself. Emma was eventually released from this institution, although she was later institutionalised in another facility until her death in 1920. In Emma's letters, the writing fills the entire page, in most cases consisting only of the repeated phrase sweetheart, come, in German, and in some examples, just come. These phrases are written incredibly densely, again and again, until the words are difficult to even make out. So Emma here was clearly in her psychosis thinking of her loved ones, and expressing that through these letters, desperately wanting to see them. But it feels so wrong to me that we can see these letters and that they're now considered art. By who? I don't know. This story just seems so very tragic to me. And these letters were so personal. This was private between Emma and her family, or even her caregivers. And to just belittle Emma's experience and feelings when she was going through such a difficult mental health illness, and she was clearly very vulnerable... It all just feels very exploitative. I know this is a bit sad to end on, but I felt it was important to include this example of so-called outsider art within this episode, as it shows such a dark side of creating a romanticised backstory out of someone's actually like very real, painful, difficult trauma and life. So that is all for this episode. I really hope you enjoyed how different this episode was. 
And I'm kind of getting a bit more confident with making episodes about whatever the hell I'm feeling and into and interested in. And it's a really nice, exciting feeling. So this has been a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to hear what you think. If you get this far, thank you so much. And if you like more outsider art episodes, do let me know. Just thank you for listening. I really appreciate you and I really hope that your day is going as good as it can do and I'm just sending you loads and loads and loads of love. Bye for now, bye.